Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great today, Dan. How are you? Doing well, and also Ellis Williams. Ellis, how are you? Yeah, things are smooth on a Wednesday uh, between watching some Baker Mayfield tape. A little sneak preview here. I got a story coming on uh, all his interceptions from last year and why those may have occurred. So you're going to get a lot of Baker Mayfield uh, pick videos. Also, uh, I know this is a political podcast, but... I think it's fair to mention Kamala Harris was introduced today as the first black woman to be atop the ticket, uh, of course, the vice president to Joe Biden. And regardless how you feel about that, um, it's a pretty cool and historic moment. So between that and some Brown stuff, uh, it's been an interesting Wednesday, but on all these days, interesting with everything going on, you guys. Yeah, very, very significant development, obviously, uh, with, with that nomination. Um, a lot of people just scrolling through Twitter, very excited to, to see that, uh, to see that happen. So let's get to it. Uh, look, this has been a weird off season. We all know that. I'm trying, this has to be one of the weirdest off seasons in history, right? Because, you know, there was the lockout year, but that was just an NFL thing. That was just kind of going through and we've seen that in, in sports and, and whatever else, but this is totally different. Trying to navigate the football world in the midst of a pandemic, seeing the NBA have to cancel and come back in a bubble, hockey do the same thing. Uh, you know, the NFL doing the, the draft virtually. And I wanted to take this time because training camp starts on Friday. We get to be a little bit normal, at least, beginning on Friday. Uh, I wanted to take this time to ask you guys what takeaways you have from this weird offseason or, or what you learned from this weird offseason. It can be league-wide, Browns-focused. It can be, I don't know, maybe you discovered something on Netflix you didn't know existed, right? Mary Kay, did you ever finish Tiger King? I never did finish Tiger King. I still have to do that. I've got to force myself to do that. But I will tell you, that I mean, Tony Soprano got me through COVID-19. I mean, come on, Tony, what can I say? What are you going to do? But uh, <laughs> it really did. I'm still working through that. So maybe when I'm done, we'll move back to uh, Tiger King. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think the ship has sailed on that one. I think we. it, this is, it has been so long that Tiger King was like a huge thing. And now it's just like, it feels like it was a decade ago. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you were on the right side of history on this. Just, just not paying the amount of attention to, to it that everyone else did. Um, okay. Maybe we'll get to some other stuff like that here shortly, but Mary Kay, give us one, but what's something, one takeaway or a lesson, something like that that you've learned from this off season? 
You know what, one of the things that has stood out to me uh, in now just watching all the players that they're back and seeing the videos and seeing some of the photos until we actually get to see them in person ourselves on Friday, which I'm really looking forward to doing. Uh, but the thing that stands out to me about these guys is my, oh my, have they worked out hard on their, their bodies and their conditioning and their physiques in the off season. I mean, I didn't know that Miles Garrett could put more muscle on top of all the muscle that he has, but somehow, some way he managed to do it. Um, and just even kind of looking at him and Larry Ogunjobi, I've been digging around a little bit to find out like, you know, how they transformed their bodies even more than they were before. And uh, Larry Ogunjobi has added nine pounds of lean muscle mass to his frame. And I think you can tell just by looking at some of his, his photos from last year, he just looks different. And then Miles, of course, he's always been a workout warrior and a weight room champ, but somehow he even added seven pounds of lean muscle mass. We, need, we know that Baker Mayfield added four, uh, but just even in looking at you know Odell and Jarvis and, and all these guys, I don't know if it's because uh, one of the things that the Browns did, they required these guys to videotape some of their, their workouts and send them into the team. So they were held accountable that way. But it just looks to me like they are in way better physical shape than I've seen them in a long time. Yeah, and that look, Mary Kay, that stands true with, it feels like across the league, I think of that photo circulating right now of uh, Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, he, he already looked like the player he is before this. But all these guys seem to have um, taken their body – to the next level and quite frankly just taken uh their off seasons maybe a bit more seriously and the only reason not saying that uh you know these professionals haven't but when you have time to yourself like this that that uh, the pandemic has caused um it's been a great opportunity for all of us to self-reflect and look inside ourselves and for these athletes all they they're probably most at peace when they are um taking their mind off everything going on and and maintaining their workout regimen in their schedule and then after that there's no distractions of of going out and traveling quite frankly they were able to get in and focus on uh, making themselves better each day which was a cliche usually in the off season because we all you know you can spend your time however you want but this time there really was no distractions and Mary Kay I think that completely checks out with what we're seeing these guys post and hopefully that just means a better on-field product for all of us consuming the NFL because you know when your body's in peak shape it tends to mean the play is going to follow as soon as the mental picks up with it. And, and it's interesting, um, you know, some, some of the things these guys have had to do, right? I mean, Kevin Stefanski talks about guys uh, may, maybe not having the safest setup to put their, their bench presses down on and, and things like that, but uh, guys having to come up with ways like that. I know I, I did a story way back when this whole thing started, the Browns have a linebacker, a special teamer, his name is Tay Davis, and, and he had a couple grandparents come down with COVID, and I, and I wrote a story about that, and he told me that he was using a tree branch to do like chin-ups, and, and he, he was rigging things up on this tree branch to work out on, and uh, Harrison Bryant, they, they sent him some equipment before gym started to reopen and things like that, so the, the creativity these guys had to show to, to kind of get their bodies right and I don't know, maybe they're kind of like the rest of us. They're, they're sitting around and they have nothing better to do. So I, I guess go work out. I know my, I, I've run a ton since March. So, you know, maybe they're just like all of us trying to find ways to fill time. So, you know, these superhuman people just go out and lift more weights than they already do. 
Well, you know, even just, you know, Baker Mayfield alone, you know, I, you know, we have all probably watched some of, of the videos and some, you know, really produced videos of him on Instagram and things like that of, of some of his workouts with, you know, the medicine ball and Pelotons and all, all the different things that he's doing. Uh, we did not see those things last year. Now, maybe it's that we are seeing more of them, but I think there is more of it going on. And like you guys mentioned, you know, there's not as much, you know, hey, going out to a movie or going, you know, doing all of those other kinds of things or going to a party, uh, being social. So they have uh, more time to work out. But geez, oh man, these guys look really, really super fit. The Aaron Donald one stands out to me too. He's another one that, I mean, these guys are freaks of nature to begin with and they've all just taken it up a notch. All right, Ellis, give us a, give us a takeaway or, or a lesson from this past off season. Yeah, pre-COVID, what I'm about to say would have stood true, uh, but I think now in a world that we're living in virtually, quite frankly, the smart teams are going to win, and they're going to win even more. That difference between smart and teams that may be a little stuck in the past or, quite frankly, go through the motions sometimes, that divide is going to completely erode itself. And I think the Browns, quite frankly, land in that smart category. I know they haven't played a game but the, you know, just taking even a two-year look at this, and maybe that's a topic for another time, but I think these next two NFL seasons need to look, be looked at as a whole because this is going to be unlike anything we've ever experienced. And then as hopefully life gets back to normal, we'll see that uh, product we're used to. But with that being said, the smart teams are going to be able to not only maximize their time virtually, but then find the inefficiencies in rosters and talent that is going to be happening now as – the trickle down effect of no college football season will happen. It's going to make scouting a nightmare. But even this season, we already saw it with the NFL draft uh, teams needing to be able to formulate draft plans remotely. And then that transitioned into off season workout pr programs remotely. And then it's the start of training camp remotely. And the Browns probably couldn't have been in a better situation than having a 38 year old head coach, 32, 33 year old GM and getting through this with technology, innovation, and efficiency. We know what the Browns were last year. Mary Kay's documented at length um, the, quite frankly, the wasted time that the, re the regime had before Kevin Stefanski, put, you know, running practices that they would install things that weren't even going to be used later on. And again, we haven't seen the product, but quite frankly, it looks like Kevin Stefanski every day, every minute is used and used to its maximum ability and that's what this has taught us how as a society we can be maximizing our efficiencies despite facing hardships and that's going to be a lesson for this whole league to learn and specifically in Berea that's something that Cleveland has been forced to learn and I think it'll be to their benefit when we look at this two three years down the line. Yeah work smarter not harder right yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sort of what a lot of NFL teams are, are trying to figure out that efficiency um, and I am curious what sort of developments come out of this. I mentioned this, I think it was on yesterday's podcast, where are we going to see some teams with this weird draft that might happen in the spring? Uh, and, and maybe you're not going to have the opportunity to identify some of these late risers. Will we see teams maybe more willing to give up a first-round pick for a known quantity at the trade deadline this year or something like that? I, I wonder if that's one of those inefficiencies somebody might take advantage of in the short term. You know, a team like the Browns, who probably – wouldn't be as eager to give up a first round pick might say, 
you know what? Here's a guy that we know what he is. He's young. We can control him. Let's go get that guy because we just don't know what, you know, the middle of the first round of the draft is going to look like. And, and so I'm curious to see sort of what inefficiencies teams can discover and maybe take advantage of over the next, kind of like you said, Alice, kind of like the next two years. What was yours, Dan? What was the thing that you took away? I think one of my takeaways is in this NFL, NFLPA negotiation, we've always seen the NFL have control. And I even think with the new CBA, there was a little bit of, well, it seems like the league won this negotiation. But as they were working through these COVID protocols, we all remember that Sunday when Odell Beckham and Miles Garrett and I think Michael Thomas was involved and, and a whole bunch of NFL stars. Jarvis Landry was another Browns player who was involved. All took to Twitter and their social media, J.J. Watt, and they all said that, uh, that they want things to be safer, basically. They all sent out those messages. And I think players are discovering their power. They're discovering their leverage a little bit. The NFL is the league where players have the least amount of leverage because of contracts that aren't guaranteed. They can get cut like that. But the stars, I think, are figuring out, you know, if we don't play or if we're not happy with something, we have these big voices. We have this leverage. Uh, you go back to when they made the video when they wanted the NFL to take a stronger stance against social injustice. That was the players taking the lead and they forced the NFL to maybe say some things they were uncomfortable with saying. And I think player empowerment is gonna start to grow. It's been growing a little bit, but I think it's gonna continue growing. And I think it's something that JC Treader actually, you know, I asked him about it. I think it's something that he wants to kind of continue to push is this idea that as players, you know, we've got some power to, to change things if we want to with the league and, and with how the league addresses things. Yeah, they certainly had some leverage when it came to getting back on the field for training camp. And as you mentioned, they, they launched their We Want to Play campaign. And I think that, you know, that was huge. These things would not have happened. All the things they wanted, the daily testing and the way they wanted the revenue losses spread out over the next four years, uh, that, you know, they really did uh, put their, their feet down, so to speak, and dictate what they wanted and how they wanted it. Again, as you mentioned, we saw them... Uh, actually force, I guess you could say, Roger Goodell uh, to say some things about, uh, you know, things that had happened in the past in terms of social injustice and whatnot. And uh, they are taking matters into their own hands. When you see a round table like uh, the bigger picture with Cam Newton, you know, Victor Cruz, Todd Gurley, and Odell Beckham Jr. With those guys, you know, just taking, again, matters into their own hands and saying how they want things to be done. I, I do think that uh, there was a certain element of, of that, of, of dictating not only how they want things to be, you know, on the field, but, you know, contract wise and otherwise. And I think that started maybe a, a, probably about a year and a half ago with, you know, some holdouts and contract situations and it has continued. Yeah, Dan, I'm glad you brought up the Black Lives Matter video that the NFL players posted because that really was a changing moment in the league. Um, you know, it was reported on when, as when Patrick Mahomes showed up in that video, right. the league recognized things had changed. And I'll push this conversation a little further. There's a lot going on in Washington right now, uh, the professional Washington football team, the Washington football team. So th perhaps this got uh, brushed under the rug a little bit. Um, maybe we won't hear anything more about this until games are getting played, but I was, when Jack Del Rio tweeted about 
how his personal uh, feelings and where he lands on some things won't sit well, so he's not going to share them, which is really showing your hand anyway. Um, I think that's something to watch because the old NFL, that's fine. But in this new NFL, I just would be leery if I was a weary if I was a um, GM on the type of coach I bring in now, because look, these players, when your coach makes a statement like that, they're going to now not be afraid to say something about it. And if you're in a meeting room, like it's think about it. I, I doubt these, a lot of these players have even had an opportunity to meet uh, Jack Rio. I believe he's the defensive coordinator in Washington. So if your first opinion on someone is their tweet and where they land on something that perhaps is against how you feel with the Black Lives Matter movement, now you're creating an issue that this marriage might not even work before the first practice has started. So Dan, I, I think to your point that not only have the players realized they have a voice for social in, injustice and they have this platform now, it's going to have ripple effects throughout entire organizations and coaching staffs. And if you're a, a coach right now, you really have to not, I'm not saying your opinion doesn't matter. That, that is the last thing I'm trying to say here. But you have to be mindful that what you say and what you put out there, these your players now are going to make a decision to follow you or not, and they're going to feel empowered in making that statement and making it pretty quickly. So it, it, it's something perhaps nothing happens. Maybe Washington has so many problems that Jack O'Reilly loses his job for a different reason. But with Ron Rivera in there, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because – like I said, these players now feel like they aren't going to put up with that type of crap. They, they used to, you know, this is a football, don't bring this up in the building, but now it's in the building. And along with being flexible, the power of these players have from not only contract negotiations, but from social injustice and their physical health and safety couldn't be higher right now. And, you know, quite frankly, thinking out loud here, that probably is the biggest takeaway that this wild offseason has taught us. Yeah, I mean, do, I'll just ask Mike Gundy about that. <laughs> about uh, how what players can can do and that was at the college level and and I honestly think too that you know had and again that's this is a different discussion but had players in college kind of spoken up a little earlier than how we saw it play out over the past couple days maybe some things would have played out differently with, with the Big Ten and Pac-12 um, but that, that all kind of happened really quickly all right we're going to take a break and I'm going to tell everybody about Football Insider, which you want to sign up for because we're going to have all sorts of great stuff coming on Football Insider. Uh, once training camp gets underway, lots of texts coming your way, lots of updates. Uh, it's going to be worth checking out that free trial. So I'm going to tell you more about that. And then we come back, a couple more lessons that we learned. I know that uh, Ellis has another one. And I think Mary Kay, you had another one too. So let's, uh, let's talk about those on the other side. Time for me to tell you all about Football Insider, our tech subscription service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I, I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keep, keeps me in touch with the uh, 
the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I, I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something, I need a quick break. I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a text service, pick up your phone and text 216-208-3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Mary Kay Cabot, Ellis Williams, Dan Lobby with you. Let's do this here. Uh, Mary Kay, give us your other other lesson here that you've taken from this offseason. You know, one of the big things that stands out to me about this offseason is the fact that Kevin Stefanski is as unflappable as Brad Childress told me he was going to be. He's as cool of a customer in the face of all of this adversity uh, as everyone mentioned that he would be. And that just blows me away. I find it absolutely amazing that a 38-year-old first-time head coach can be handling COVID-19, social injustice, all the things going on in our country, uh, everything changing week after week after week. Is there going to be a season? Is there not going to be a season? Is there, are there going to be fans at training camp? Are there not? Do they have to get tested every day? Are, are players going to opt out? You know, there's just so much that he has had to deal with. And still, to this very moment, he has not seen an 11-on-11 drill from his players yet. He hasn't even seen a 7-on-7 drill. And the opener against Baltimore is one month away. He has yet to see Denzel Ward go up and bat a pass away from Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, it just is amazing to me that, uh, you know, that we're at this point and he has had to put it all together, you know, virtually and through all of, all of this adversity, things that we don't even know about. I mean, I can only imagine that there had to be a number of players that they had to have like serious conversations with about whether or not they were going to opt out. Uh, so much that he's had to deal with. I mean, he doesn't even, uh, you know, players walking down the hall when they have their masks on, like he doesn't even know who these guys are yet, right? I mean, like he's learning their faces in person, their bodies. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And he has handled it all so incredibly well. And I just think it bodes very well for the future. I would like a heart rate monitor on Kevin Stefanski in games. I, I want it like, I want to be able to see it on the TV screen, just a heart rate monitor on this guy, because it really is just like, it, it's, it's been incredible. And I, like, we haven't had him maybe as often as we would have in an off season available to us, but he has yet to misspeak. He has yet to really say anything that, that kind of gets your attention and, and worries you. It's just been, perfectly smooth sailing, you know, all the way through so far for him. That can change when you get out there on Sundays, when you start losing some games. Certainly we've seen that mess with people, but you've got to feel good about where you're at with Kevin Stefanski right now. Yeah, to me, Stefanski looks like somebody who, again, is about their business, but has 
studied for the test. You know, you think back to when you had to cram for the exam and you didn't do well or you know, football wise, when you go out there and a team looks sloppy, it's because they're not ready to be there. The, the game happens on Sunday. And of course you need to react to what's in front of you. But if you haven't done the work Monday through, the results are going to speak for themselves. And again, Dan, as you said, and as we keep saying, the Browns haven't played a single game under Kevin Stefanski as a head coach. But when you hear him talk, he seems so buttoned up and confident in what they're doing. And that has to resonate from having faith in the game plan and the execution and the day-to-day process. When you put the work in, the performance stuff's easy. You know, we do all, we do our reading, our reporting, our research, so we can come on this podcast and try to make a few articulate points every once in a while, right? You know, that's when we're ready to come and talk. We don't just, you know, do something else, play video games, go outside and work out, run around all day, and then just sit down and have a podcast and try and talk about the Browns. You know, no, you've got to be about your business throughout your day in order to be ready for when it's time to perform. And they're getting paid a lot more than we are to do what they do. And as Kevin Stefanski continues to say, they're going to be methodical about how they attack each day. And I expect for that eventually to show on the field because, again, Mary Kay, this is how you started it it's been nothing short of impressive with how everything they've gotten thrown at them. There's been no excuses. There's been no second guessing. They have reacted and develop a new game plan. And that kind of actually, Dan, not to steal your transition here, but pivots into what my final point was going to be. How about it? <laughs> there we go. Right. Cause I know we're trying to wrap up. Um, I wrote this down, remain flexible, have a plan, have a plan and push on. And I think that last part's really important The pushing on, because there's a distinct difference between what college football tried to do with just pushing on and not having that middle part of what I said is and having a plan. When where the NFL has done that each step of the way, think back to uh, free agency when we thought, oh, we got to they're going to push free agency back. No, the NFL had a plan, they pushed on. Then there was the NFL draft. How are they going to be able to do this? No, they had a plan and they pushed on. And training camp is now that same motto they're, they have a clear plan it's working so they're pushing on and i know we can't count our chickens for the hatch here and a lot still needs to go right but if the nfl can somehow crown a super bowl champion after all this and it doesn't need to be 16 games as we've talked about in previous podcasts i don't care how they get there if they crown a super bowl champion after all this people really got to put some respect on roger goodell's name because this will be one of the best years of a not just an NFL commissioner but a sports commissioner in general with how he's handled all this because we've seen other leagues scramble we already know what's going on in college football major league baseball seems to maybe have saved themselves and found some second life and quite frankly I don't think you can compare them to the NBA the NHL because there's no bubble so again have a plan push on and I'm just continue to be impressed with how the NFL has handled this pandemic well you know I think uh you know that's that's playing out right now in training camp. I am actually amazed uh, that the tier one and tier two testing has produced results of only about 1% positivity. And, and I, I think that's just amazing. I think that's, uh, you know, just a, a testament to, uh, you know, how, how the league handled things, you know, just throughout, you know, even all the conference calls that the NFLPA had with the players to talk to them about how to handle themselves and conduct themselves and just the accountability that they're, you know, trying to have for each other and how they're emphasizing that. 
I think it's gotten off to a much better start than I thought it would. I, you know, I thought potentially by this point, be, because there is no, there is no bubble because they are going home at night instead of in most cases, staying in a team hotel. I thought that this had the potential to, to go South very, very quickly. And, you know, here we are getting ready to start. We just started, uh, you know, the ramp up period in training camp and, you know, full speed, a full speed 11 on 11 will happen for the first time on Friday. And it's all systems go right now. And I think that, you know, that really informs how the season will probably go. You know, it almost goes back to the player empowerment part of it too, because the players had such a hand in developing these protocols and fighting for these protocols. I think it's, it feels like they have a bigger stake in this. And, you know, the NBA has always been a player's league and we've seen how that bubble was formed and, and they've had great success there in the bubble. I, I saw again today, they had no positives again. Um, the NFL obviously is not in a bubble, but we remember how baseball went. It was sniping on social media and players, you know, going at major league baseball publicly and major league baseball going back through, through different reporters and things like that. The NFL had a little bit of that. And of course there was that we want to play moment that we talked about, but I think because the players have had such a stake in this, they want to make it work. <laughs> and, and so I think there's, there's sort of that shared responsibility feel and we'll see how it plays out over the course of months. Um, you know, a few weeks is a few weeks. We'll see how it plays out between now and, and January. But uh, for now, the NFL has done a great job and they're off to a great start. And it's why on Friday, we're going to be out there at training camp. Uh, we'll have lots of training camp coverage for you. And the reason I bring that up is I want to let everyone know that the schedule of the podcast is going to change just a little more on how it's delivered to you. It's going to show up after practice every single day. So normally it shows up in that feed at midnight every day. We're going to record pretty much right after practice, every practice, and we're going to put that thing up right away. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you get subscribed. And then we'll still do the Monday through Friday. So if like there's no practice on Tuesday, we're still going to have one for you on Tuesday. So uh, you'll, you'll want to get subscribed to this podcast. You can get that every day. And like I said, Football Insider, all sorts of texts coming your way. Uh, we'll do as much as we can because fans can't be there, but we can. So we're going to try and put you there. And Football Insider is the best way for you to get there with us. So for Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>